All right, Vinny Fisher here, back with another show of Total CEO. Hey, Total CEO, for all of you who don't know, is I go out there in the country and find great CEOs disrupting uh, the marketplace that they're in, doing some really cool things, but more importantly, helping small businesses succeed at what they do. So today, I'm super excited to have a friend and fellow comrade in a niche that's very near and dear to my heart, John Pollock, the CEO of Financial Gravity. Hey, John, how you doing, bud? Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm loving it. Hey, I love this idea, what we're going to talk about. And um, before we get into some of those details, everybody, I want you to know that John is, is, is owns a, can I say a public company now? Is financial it, is a pub- is it is public, yeah. That's amazing, man. There's yeah. a whole conversation around that, but yeah. Well, we're going to get into that today if, okay. if, 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 we, if time allows us. But um, John, before we deep dive into a bunch of the things you're doing and some really cool stuff, you know, remember this community is filled with a bunch of owners and businesses who are looking to uh, find some wisdom and some understanding and live through uh, the daily experiences of what are going on in mine and your life and ways to do that. So before we get into all of that, can you give us a quick commercial about John Pollock and what you are up to? So Financial Gravity was formed to help small business owners lower their personal income taxes. That's kind of the elevator pitch. Okay. Um, we started out originally as a wealth management firm, and then I became successful, started getting hammered in taxes, and then found out the industry couldn't solve my problem, so I created a business to solve the problem. Very similar to what, what you've done with Fully Accountable, you kind of solved this problem that you want to solve for yourself. Yeah, right. And you exactly. realize that the industry, and this is kind of the entrepreneurial journey, I think, is you run into a problem, you're like, well, what, no one's doing this? I'll do it. <laughs> That's, yeah, and, you know, or, kind of they're, or they're doing their version of it, but it's just a little off from the problem you need solved, right? Right. Yeah. So you just, you, you navigate in another direction. But what I found out uh, being in financial services, I started going to accounting conferences. I went to financial services conferences and I realized that the problem I wanted to solve, which is I want to pay less taxes, uh, was not being solved on any uh, national scale. Um, I kept hearing, you know, on, on election cycles that rich people don't pay their fair share. And then I looked at my check and said, I, if this isn't fair, I don't know what's fair. Or uh, in I'm fact, not rich enough. Right? Oh, I'm not, yeah, I must not be rich enough to yeah, be right. paying my fair share. here, right? Like, if, if they're not paying tax, and I am. I'm apparently not rich enough. So. Right. Is there like a secret room that I have to <laughs> knock on? Or is there a password or a handshake that I can get in and then all of a sudden I know, oh, so this is where all the, uh, the goodies are. Exactly. I found out that's actually not the case. It's just no one's. The, the rich have the time and energy to pay $500 an hour tax attorneys. Um, I mean, you and I could afford to pay that, but we wouldn't get a good ROI. We don't have enough income or our businesses aren't big enough to justify spending several thousand dollars with an attorney uh, every month. So I try to figure out how do I take all this complexity and bring it into the world of the little guy? Yeah, does, you know, you know my story. Yeah, I mean, you're very similar. You know my story, right? I'm a, I'm a tax attorney by trade. Right? right. I'm a corporate and tax attorney. And so I felt, I, we were introduced by a, a mutual friend, Josh Felber, who seems yes. to know yes. everybody in the world. And, and yes. so there's a shout out to you, Mr. Making Bank. And, uh, you know, I, I, I fell in love right away with what you're, you know, you're saying is, I love your kind of like a tagline thing is, you know, your accountants don't help you do what? What is your thing you say? I love yeah, it. Yeah, so this is what I say. There are two things that everybody wants from their accountant. Number one, 
lower personal income taxes, and number two, numbers that help them run their business. Hmm. And they do neither. And you're solving one, I'm solving the other. Yeah, that's why. That's how we met. That's how we met. And that's why I'm I'm loving that our relationship's going to continue to grow on that premise. So, you know, what's funny is I, uh, I, I had a guy... You know, you know, my faith is important to me. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. literally seeking guidance from the Lord is something that's real critical, important to me. And it's one of the ways that I continue to mature as a man. But, you know, I was in my tax practice. You'll love this story. And I'll make it brief and painless as possible. But I was giving advice. Good. I considered, you know, I don't think about aggressive or or conservative advice. I think about advice that can withstand winning an audit, right? Right. Legal advice. Legal advice, right? Right. Not not aggressive or conservative. That to me is the wrong way to look at it. So I was working through advice that was sustainable that could win an audit, not avoid an audit, right? Because those right. are different questions as well. And I met right. with a guy at our church, great guy, he's an elder, and I said to him, you know, I'm really struggling with this idea of tax in the government and what the Bible says about it. He looked me deadpan in the eye and say, hey, listen, the Bible says pay unto Caesar what's due to Caesar. And then he gave me a little look. He said, but it doesn't say to pay a penny more. And I like fell in love with that advice the second and I heard it. Yeah, what we tell people is, look, there's about five pages in the 70,000 pages of tax code that says, this is what you owe. The other 70,000 pages is, this is how you get out of what you owe. And everyone focuses on the five, and no one spends any time on the 70,000. So that has always been really strange to me. It's really a strange business problem when you've got an entire country that believes an entire industry does a thing, the entire industry doesn't even do. So we're, the never, we're, on, we're on a live show. So I want to throw out a few things to people. One is, right. I want to, we'll, we'll also put links in the show here. They're All down right. there and they can get them. But I, I want to just give a quick people, like if they're like listening to us and they want to surf their computer, well, how can they find out more while they're talking? If they want to go, where can they find you and the company? Where, where do they well, go? Financial gravity. There's a lot of places. I mean, there's John Pollock Inc. So that's my speaker site. And that's the John Pollock site. My podcast is on that. Financial gravity is the corporate site. It'll have the, you know, the ticker symbol. Um, And then we have, if you're a financial advisor or an accountant, we want you to be trained. So yeah, there's this problem in the industry where I say, you know, everyone thinks the industry does something it doesn't do. Well, we're training them so that they can do. Nice. And I'll I'll talk a little bit more as we go on what we're kind of flipping the entire financial services model. Financial services in general is profoundly broken and we're flipping it. So uh, we're now training both financial advisors and accountants separately in uh, separate tracks on how to be proactive tax planners for their small business clients. You know, that's, that's, that's great. I'll tell you, the pain point that I've seen associated with the spectrum of advice that comes with tax um, you know, it's funny. I've, I literally, right. We're in tax season. We're in like, right. this. seems like we're always in today's tax. like D day. Right. It seems like we're always in tax season. Right. Right. So, you know, um, it, recently I was talking to a, a, a wonderful CPA, nice lady who basically I felt like in the conversation, she follows into its questions and answers the form. And whatever it does is basically the guidance that she gives for planning for her client. And I felt, I thought for a second, you know, why is that? Why do you think 
we get into that rut. And I, I have an opinion about it, but why do you think, you know, like we play it down the middle? Like why, what happens? I think, I think for you and I, it, the answer is a lot different because we just don't play it down the middle. And probably right. most of the CEOs watching don't play it down the middle. So that's what makes us different. But for the typical accountants, and this is something I've worked over the last five years, that the type of person that's attracted to the accounting industry is not mm. us. Right. So we have to recognize that the reason they play it down the middle is this is in their wiring. It's who God made them. Mm. So we don't shun them for how they're made. We use them for how they're made, which is to put the right number in the right box every single time. In fact, fully accountable needs to hire these type of people. The problem is, is that they're not creative thinkers. They don't look at the numbers and go, wow, Vinny, we had this case in our, our, our office this week. One of our clients' income doubled. None of the bookkeepers said anything. Hmm. To which I said, you'll love this. Uh, you know, if we had the fully accountables dashboard, then we wouldn't have had to say anything. We would have seen it. It would have told you, yeah. It would have told you. We would have known through the numbers. So this is the importance of numbers that help you run your business. That's the that second component is that we want to be able to see. So the very people that have the closest connection to your numbers don't know how to tell you if they're good or bad. Yeah, you know, and that is an interesting problem. Right, because their nature, you know, it's funny, our staff accountants, their nature is to believe in the production of the work, not in the result. So it's yes. the same issue, right? It's, it's a like, huge issue, but and it's but you can't hire the person that you and I want. We want that creative person that knows how to do bookkeeping, but then can make that person doesn't exist. It's they're, a unicorn. That, that, it's a unicorn. It's a disconnect. They probably exist, but they're so rare that they're, right. we couldn't afford hey, them. Let's, let's go right back. Remember, we have CEOs listening. They don't want right. to get involved in a tax or accounting <laughs> discussion. Like, if they want to do that, they can just call me and talk about fully accountable. They don't want to do that, right? So, well, but, but I would point this out to your CEOs. This is actually a problem that may exist within your business. Absolutely. You may want a person that does a thing that that type of person isn't wired to do so keep that in mind all right so, so let's say, hiring that's where i was going with this right okay. the reality is we're not going to go match a unique personality and put them into a different subset the reality right. of the makeup of the accounting professional is probably organizational high mm -hmm. not not very detail. much detail crazy you want that we probably, want that probably going to be a little more introverted not extroverted right so they're going to tend to struggle with communication. Right. They're going to tend to struggle with, with being, um, 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 what's the right word? They're going to tend to struggle with. Proactive. Proactive. Thank you. Great Picking word. up Thank the phone. You. Or, and here's an example. Here, and you'll go, yes. Have you ever sent your accountant something and they haven't responded in a week? So you followed up and they said, well, if I haven't responded, it's because I'm working on it. Nah. Which for a guy like you and me, that's unacceptable. Well, if you haven't responded, you're not working on it. I Unfortunately, I'll tell the truth on myself. I might throw my pen at you in the office if you said that. <laughs> I just might be, what? It's what? not what we do. Like, right. So, but you have to program around that, and you have to build systems around that. So I actually, the way I explain it, and this is probably a little offensive to the accountants, is that they're factory workers. Hmm. They do the same thing over and over and over again. You can't expect them to kind of jump out of that, that repetitive task uh, and, then, and then pick you know, up the high, phone and say. You know, high professional jobs 
or thrive on that. So, you know, I'm yeah. a lawyer, right? I thrive on, you know, being able to be an expert at doing the same thing over and over. When I was running my law practice, I now own an accounting company, right? I mean, we thrive on doctors as a profession. They thrive on consistency and process, right? And so systems. I joke, a couple of my best friends are body mechanics. I tell them all the time. And, and so their job is to fix the body. And so, you know, I don't think we can fault that. And I want to talk about no. the mindset that where the business owner is, where how can we help empower? And this is where I think like, I know you're on this mission. How can we help? Because one of the things we, why we started as a company is the two and third, the second and third failure points for businesses. You don't know your numbers, which means you don't have proper cash flow and you have the right. wrong people on the team. When I talk to owners all the time, they treat it like they do tax. It's a once a year event when it's mm. a problem as opposed to being, I like, let's, let's pick on ourselves being proactive about these elements of their business. So how do you, what have you found to be effective to break through that issue where this is not a historical thing? This is being proactive. This is forward thinking. This is where successful businesses grow on top of themselves, not in spite of themselves. So there's a couple things that I've done. The first is uh, implemented a, a software called Culture Index, which okay. I'm a huge fan of. We've, we've done a whole show on it. I highly recommend you look at it. What they do is they work on a consulting agreement. So they charge a flat rate and then you can do as many tests as you want. So we use it as hiring. So I can now say, was you, you defined the perfect accountant. I could actually take that, plug that into a model, put it out on Indeed, have all the data come in. So they actually have to take this survey, which is less than 10 minutes before they're allowed to upload and their, go through your hiring funnel or whatever you have going. Yeah. And what it does is it actually sorts people by the right fit before you even look at the resume. So you're Love really, it. yeah. So that's the first thing we do. The second thing we do since everyone's been hired that way is we have their profile on a little placard at their desk. So when I, if someone walks into Vinny's office and they look at his placard, I don't, haven't seen your profile, but I can pretty much guess because we're so similar. High, high pace, super impatient, get to the point. Don't, don't forget really good looking. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a profile. That's not a personality profile. So, so when someone delivers data to you, they need yeah. to deliver to it quick so that you can process the data and make a decision and get out. Whereas if I'm delivering data to an accountant, they're probably going to want a list. So mm. I have to slow down. So by having that, we kind of created this culture of we're all people, we're all unique, we all have our roles, we need to figure out how to communicate in the style that best serves us. And by the way, this is a skill that works everywhere. Everybody that starts to come through the culture index says, can I do this on my spouse? So everybody in the office ends up doing it on their spouse. Well, my they want to say, well, this is so accurate. My wife's been married for 21 years. She's not she going to redo it. this. She's kind of stuck. So Right. She'll look at it and go, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this is so right. <laughs> yep, I already knew that. How come I didn't take this 22 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> if I only knew what I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, but you know, opposites attract, so. Yeah, my wife reminds herself in prayer of that every day. Every day. Well, why did this happen? <laughs> I like that. So, you know, but one of the things I've been, uh, I've been watching lately and, 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 and I, I probably keyed into this just because I am one and, you know, as a, I'm finding we don't, we lack respect for time. Mm -hmm. 
And so I think one of the reasons I'm so anxious to have a quick tax tip or I'm so anxious to like hire the right person and I'm looking for like a unicorn is everything comes at me so fast that I, I'm losing respect for time. And so how do you deal with that in your environment with massive growth going on? You're the guy causing all those time acceleration problems. Right. How, how, are you, how are you at all dealing with that issue in your environment? If yeah. so, how? Yeah, in fact, there's the, the watchwords in my, my company are faster. John mm. wants everything faster. So first of all, you have to recognize who you are. So in my profile, I am in the top 2% of the most impatient people on the planet. Mm. I'm assuming you're probably somewhere in that range as well. Don't so judge me, man. I'm, 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 I am totally judging you. <laughs> so because of that, I have to recognize that there's a couple of problems there. Number one, I want things to be faster. Yeah. And number two, not everybody else is going to want them to be faster. Amen. So man. it's just something I have to learn to, it's, it's, a, it's a character quality and defect. It's both. It's a quality because my company never has to worry about me not trying to be out in front. I'm always seeing 5, 10, 15 steps ahead. So that's good. It's bad because the team always, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to execute on my vision three years from now, and they're trying to execute on the vision for two years ago. Right. So you've got this, this tension. And I think it's good. It's good to have in a company. We run our business on the entrepreneurial operating system. So I have an integrator that kind of helps me and filters me, takes my high-level views, brings it down, and then and turns it into a very low level view, which I couldn't do if my life depended on it. And I met your integrator at your office when I was Rachel's there. awesome, man. This yeah, is so she, fully accountable in all its structure and system. Uh, literally, I mean, I speak wisdom and understanding into it and she brings it into practice. Yeah, and then she says, okay, that's an interesting idea, but it needs these 25 steps. Yeah, right. And which or, you, you or, and I couldn't. Uh, or she okay. might not even say it needs the 25 steps. She'll say, that's an interesting idea, old man. Go back and work on it. Yeah, that. that's right. We're not doing that. <laughs> no, or she might do it, but she won't even say to me it's 25 steps. She'll just go do the 25 steps. Oh, that's even, that's even better. So that's, that's a gift. She's, well, she's hopefully, just, hopefully she doesn't watch the show. You're not oh, paying her she'll enough. she'll watch it, and she'll remember <laughs> the daily prayer exactly of her issues that she has. To that's right. Uh, you know, and so this idea of increasing profits and so helping mm -hmm. clients, like what, what are some of the things? Oh, by the way, real quick, before we get into that, if I like wanted to work with you, do you guys have like already a stable of CPAs that are kind of trained in the financial gravity way? If someone wanted to raise their hand and work with you guys, like how does that work? Yes. Yeah, so we bought a company called Tax Coach Software, which has 500 CPAs and EAs that use the same software. In fact, we bought the software because I didn't want... My competitors. Draw, I love it. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't want competitors having our secret sauce. So, so we have 500 CPAs. In fact, we are rolling out in May a program called Certified Tax Master to teach CPAs and EAs. Uh, we actually have 65 spots, and they sold out yesterday. Oh, congratulations! Which is crazy. That's yeah, that's that's really crazy for something that it's our first launch. We thought we might get 25. That's great. Well, there's a high need, right? I mean, there is a high need. So, there's a, there's so only figure, and there's 600,000 CPAs, 600,000 so and we, none of them. How do we, how do we deal with a problem that I just like, you know, when, when the owner in me kicks in and I want to go, like I have basically, I still have to have somebody prepare all my stuff and I still right. have complicated things. They talk to me in a language that makes me want to die. Like, yeah, they talk. So this is why I'd say this a lot too, is that the numbers that help you run your business 
Most CPAs will say, we give you that, the profit and loss statement in the balance sheet, to which I say, I can't read it. I can't read it. And I, and I know a lot of, a lot of uh, business owners and entrepreneurs can't read it, but none of them want to say they can't read it because the bank wants it and the CPAs give it to them and both of them are important to their business. So they just think, well, I better not say out loud I can't read this because it might look bad. I'm not one of those guys that cares. So I just said, look, I can't read them. I built a successful business without being able to read this. I don't have a college degree. So you're like on the other side. You've got this Uber college degree, you're a lawyer. And then I'm, I, I just, no Equally one's told me what I can't do. about reading financial statements. Bro. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. Education, some people just have that. So that's why I'm so passionate about trying to, find numbers that help us run the business better and I've studied a lot of areas to try to figure that out cool so your, your dashboard actually so my vision is that your dashboard will be able to serve up these these key they're basically KPIs for accounting that's exactly that will what help, we do, right that's what yeah we do. but will help certain industries like like now you'll probably come up with KPIs that work for everybody and as your model gets bigger and more data comes in you'll be able to say well we have special KPIs just for restaurants, right. table turns, right. or something that can affect, yep. you know, how much, how much money should we spend? I mean, a lot of people say, well, how much money should I spend on advertising? No one knows the answer to that. Most accountants can't answer it. We yeah. should be able to answer that. Yeah, we should I mean, be able to. Yeah, you're right. You should because you should. You have a trend line. You know what the industry standard is. You know what it. You know acquisition stuff. You're right. And so if you and can, if I spend a hundred thousand and get two hundred thousand in revenue, how much money do I spend on marketing? As much as I can. Because if every dollar is doubling, and then there's going to be a point where it doesn't double anymore. That's so right. I'll spend and it'll take. So, but no one's really tracking any of that. They're just right. kind of the whole world flying by the seat of this pants. And I think right, we're. So let's. One of my favorite things to do on this show is talk about what's the biggest struggle you're having right now? Personally? Oh, okay. If so you yes, want to go there. Well, wherever you want to go, wherever you want to go with this. But what's the biggest struggle you're having in business right now? Uh, I would say speed. Hmm. I, I know what needs to be done. And it's, and, and the fact that I have to repeat it, something will come up in the business and I will have to say, see, I told you this, hmm. if, if we didn't do these sets of things that this would happen. How do you, um, how do you deal with, you know, your mind seeing around the corner, wishing you were already three months ahead in development and in, in implementation, knowing that, there's, you're always going to be 90 days ahead of everybody else. How do you deal with that? Yeah. Wine. That's why I'm in Napa. It always comes back to chemicals. <laughs> Better living through chemistry. Um, so it's, you know, I, I think that is a, that is the quintessential entrepreneurial question. And mm. I don't know if there's an answer to it. I've been through a lot of, I mean, I'm an EO. I've seen a lot of speeches where the entrepreneur said, this is the deal. Yep. And this is the deal that most people don't understand. Uh, I think Dan Sullivan said it best. We have Ferrari brains with bicycle brakes. And that's a problem. You know, I always like that bugger. He says some of the coolest things. He does. That's, well, it's because he's surrounded by, he's us and he's surrounded by and he's, hundreds and, of us. And he's, you know, he's been doing it. He's been living in the trenches doing it. For right? like 40 years now. Sorry, Dan, you are a little older than us, so we're allowed yes, to say you are, that. but you're, you're a rock star, so. He's a total rock star. Every time I'm around him or with him, he's, he's a sage when it comes to- He is. He just you're, talks and oh, he's just like, Oh, I, I need that. So one of the things that we do here, and, and Rachel and I work at this, is I can, I got to be careful to test out my ideas 
with the masses because everyone suddenly thinks we're doing different things. So mm. we put a little shelter around me and there's one or two people that I'm allowed to test ideas with before we roll out and implement. And they're, they have permission to push back on me without it being suddenly a new idea for the company. Because what we learned is if, I, if too many people hear me thinking out loud, we're all over the place. We're suddenly this kind of company. We're that kind right. of company. Which so, is something that you have to then, you have to clip. You can't think out loud with certain people. Right. Because because it, will, it's, it could be damaging the organization. Yeah, we lost. So I've actually our, controlled that. We've lost one of our best people. And I wrote about it in our book that uh, you know, I, wrote, I wrote a book called CEO's Mindset. I'm not sure if you read it. I think I gave that copy. Of that yeah. too, but, and in there, I talked about how I lost one of my best people over this thing. I would go into a meeting with her. I loved talking with her. I didn't know in her mind, every time she left the meeting, she thought she had a new job. Right. Which, is, which to us is, so what I've done, and so this I can help a little bit with this because I've actually had to solve for this as well. So what I did is I built a, a kind of a visual picture mm -hmm. of how I see the business, how I'm training, how I'm connecting pieces. Because our business is exceptionally complex. Yeah. We've got a membership program for our financial advisors. We have a membership program for accountants. We have a software program for accountants. We have the tax blueprint, which is a product that both advisors and accountants sell to the end user. We have the tax operating system, which is what someday I want to mold that into fully accountable. And then we have all the wealth management, uh, managed money, life insurance. We're adding health insurance. So it looks like we're doing a lot of different things, but we're not. It's all part of one very close-knit universe. Hmm. So the joke I use is that if I want to start a bar that says, it's called a financial gravity bar, and I tell people that, well, it's part of financial gravity is branding. <laughs> they can say, wait, 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 you drew this picture and I see where accounting fits and I see where wealth management, I don't see where a bar fits anywhere in, I mean, if you bought a, a accounting firm, I get that. A bar doesn't fit. <laughs> so they all kind of understand that now when I, and there's a thing for this, it's called organizational whiplash. You don't want to pull the, the organization yeah. back and forth. And, and our minds are working so fast. And sometimes we wonder out, we have bad ideas out loud. Whoa, 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 and, whoa. Now maybe you do, but- all Yeah, no, I have, have lots of it. I usually, I will say something and go, wow. In my head, that was genius. Now that I said it out loud, not so genius. I'm sorry for speaking. Or actually even worse. You should have heard it up here. It was great. Even worse, when someone on the team, and usually Rachel, repeats it back to me, I'm like, who's the idiot? Ooh, I'm that's like, terrible. Oh. That was your idea. No, I, no, that's, no, that's not what I was thinking. Yeah, so you got to be careful on that kind of stuff because someone that's a literal person yeah. that, that is, wants to follow a list is hearing your bad idea and thinking of all the things they needed to do, and you may just be pontificating. I had, by the way, I had to solve this with my spouse. So there was a certain point where I couldn't share stuff with her, not because I don't love her and she doesn't love me. It just was creating friction that was unnecessary. Uh, so now I actually don't talk to her at all about things going on in my head until it's a little further. Yeah, at all. It's been great. <laughs> we get along famously. <laughs> I found, found out I'm the problem. Yeah, so we, I actually have clipped what I talked to her about because, and now I just process more, or I have friends like a guy like you. This is where you need. You know, I'm, I'm part of EO and it's a forum, so I yeah. can kind of bounce ideas off of guys that will say to me, that is really, really stupid. And you need people that will say, yeah, that's totally really, really stupid. All right. Hey, we're almost running out of time. A couple of things I want to address. I love 
what you said earlier. Can we repeat it for everybody? Your accountant doesn't do what? Your accountant doesn't do two things. They don't help you lower your personal income taxes and they don't give you numbers that help you run your business. All right, so you how, need both. If I like this message, I'm an owner, I hear that, and I go running back to my accountant, what's the, what's the response I expect to hear? Yeah, we do that. But they don't because you, you, won't be, you won't get personal income taxes, you'll ask them. So this is the way I, I get you to vet your accountant. There's a, a tax strategy, it's called the 14-day rental rule. Anybody can look it up, look under Augusta rule. So it's, it was named after the golf course in the, in the two-week master tournament. So it's 14, you can rent your house to yourself 14 days. Right, yep. It's been in the tax code decades. Decades. And it's tax-free. Yep. So I can pay myself $1,000, it's an expense of the business, but it's not income. You can even use it if you're doing Airbnb. So the question is, what, why hasn't, if you own a small business, you've done some business at home, why hasn't your accountant recommended that strategy? Because virtually every small business owner can use it. And that strategy at 25% tax bracket will save you three to $4,000 a year. Pikes, pay your tax bill. But, I mean, pay you your, pay your pay, Yeah, you can pay your account. Your account ends up being free. Yeah, nothing we do is actually an expense because yeah. everything comes from the tax savings. So ask that one question. How come, how come you're not implementing the Augusta rule? Well, I think it's a red flag. It's been in the tax code for decades. Well, I think that alone, I think I, I love to help encourage everyone listening today. The goal should not be to avoid audit. It's make sure you can win it. Because right. the, the, no one, I, everyone listening, I want you to hear this. There is a greater likelihood of being just pulled randomly for audit than there is at all being under a manual review. So you yeah. can't avoid being picked. It's less than 1% right now. The statistical, the statistics to save, we're saving on average $21,000 a year. Nice. You're trying to tell me you're willing to pay $21,000 instead of a 1% chance of being audited? But, but even if that 1%, the right question is, is and, and, and our statistics go down, by the way. Audit? Can I win the audit? That should be yeah. the question, right? Not do I avoid it. And so, all right, listen, we're running out of time. We got a little in the weeds there again. I love <laughs> it. That's what we do. We sell hard things, John, right? So I Right, we do. We sell hard things and it's and it's and it's life changing, which is weird. What do you it like should be the, easier to sell like, life changing stuff? What do you like the most about it? I love that it, it changes people's lives. We have a, we had a, and I can probably say this on your show, but we had a McDonald's franchise E with six McDonald's. So they're killing it. But she worked for five years without taking a paycheck and kept mm. buying McDonald's. Now they're multimillionaires. When we did their tax plan, we saved them so much money. They hired two full-time managers and went on their first vacation oh, ever. It's great. Change your life. Now they're stashing a half a million dollars in a specialized account. We just taught them how to do all of it legal all of it in the tax code for decades major corporations use the strategy and they're stashing about a half a million dollars a year tax-free which by the way in four years they can use that money to buy another franchise so they can now cut banks out of their entire experience all right so life-changing i love it changing lives changing john lives. i want to thank you for being a guest if we want to find you what's the best way to find you again go to financial gravity if you're financial advisor go to financial gravity partner uh, dot com, so, and you can see some of the programs there, but Financial Gravity, or here, I'll give a free book, uh, text oh, cool. to 33444, uh, the word taxbook, one word, 33444 taxbook, and you'll get a text, you just put in your email, and you'll get a book of the 10 biggest myths about taxes 
for small business owner that actually costing you thousands. Right. You just okay. read that I book and implement stuff and take that to your accountant and say, I want to do this. That's so good. John, thanks for being on the show today, but I really appreciate your time. And hey, everybody out there, you know, on the total CEO, listen, this, even though this subject seemed like it got in the weeds a little bit, this is really the difference between businesses that truly have exponential growth and the ones who don't are the ones who literally pay attention to stop giving all your hard-earned money away when you don't have to. Minnie Fisher here, Total CEO. Have a great day.